This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, who's hungry for a big weekend at the box office? We got Hunger Games coming out. We're trolling for some kids with uh, trolls band together. All in time for that Thanksgiving meal. Gobble, gobble. The know, horrors well, you, of your family. <laughs> the yeah, horrors. Yeah, there you go. Especially Better. that. <laughs> you can't just say Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. Assume that uh-huh, it's the I movie. got it. Did you guys get it? <laughs> As in the movie. Yeah. Hey. Next, next pun or next goal wins. <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> something, something. Napoleon. I wish you would stop. <laughs> oh, nailed it. Um, so, yeah. Basically, with all these puns, we're trying to say it's going to be... A big old Thanksgiving weekend with all these releases. Action-packed with six titles. We may have to hold some over. Uh, All right. I'll allow it. (laughs) She doesn't have those very often. We got to give her one of those. Thank you, Kyle. That's why you're my favorite. Priscilla? (laughs) Uh, Just trying to get a raise. Uh, Anyway. Anatomy of a Fall? (laughs) What else we got? (laughs) Just keep going down that list. I know it's a it's a short list after after Marvel's having its forty million dollar opening weekend. Uh, Freddy surviving at a fifty percent drop this week after the eighty percent drop the week before. Well, that's I mean, at a certain point you bottom out. Like you can't keep. <laughs> you can only lose so much. Eighty, 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 and then it's like a negative gross. Like people yeah. were like getting pain. Paid. Yeah. <laughs> We, the studio was paying the theaters to keep it on screen we, at we, some point. We have seen that. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember. During the pandemic, we would have like ghost ticket sales for movies. Yes. Do you remember that? Where I like do. people were, distributors were buying tickets to theaters, like 20 or 30 tickets. They were using their marketing budget to buy it. And then nobody showings. was showing up. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an empty theater just, that was sold out. Just to get the movie and just to get a gross. Yeah. <laughs> But we're past that Whoa, now. Whoa, we did not disclose that. That didn't happen. <laughs> oh. it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't anybody big. It was a lot of funny titles. It, w- it wasn't anybody, Kent. <laughs> Nobody did that. What? <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm talking to the CIA now. Or Nick Fury with S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, Does S.H.I.E.L.D. still exist in this? No. Uh, in the Marvel's... No, actually, actually, no. I, I don't know. Is, What's going on he, in the MCU now? Is he a rogue agent now? No, he works for Saber. That's who it was in the movie. Saber, the same place who made the dangerous copiers on The Office, like season six? No, but <laughs> I would have liked that connection. Yeah, that would have been cool. I would have appreciated that very much. Um, anyway, yeah, so we're going to pivot to talking about the Marvels with that Nick Fury <laughs> tie-in mention. Um, with the forty million, do we do we want to do my review now as well, or do you guys just want to see? Yeah. Let's hit Kyle. us with the review, and then we'll yeah. get into the the nitty gritty of the bookings and expectations right. for Disney Marvel moving forward. All right, all right. Um, I thought it was fun and enjoyable, and that's about it. That's about what I was looking for, anyway. Especially since I wasn't a fan of the last Captain Marvel movie, I thought this one was a step up. I thought the character was much more loose and Brie Larson was able to have um, a bit more of her own charisma when it comes to throwing it into the character and not just being so stoic to where it's off-putting, which I feel like is, even though that movie was successful, that was like an issue with that character. Mm -hmm. 
and why she hasn't probably panned out very well for Marvel, I suppose. But here I thought it was done a lot better. I thought the adventure and the space um, sci-fi aspects were, were like audience friendly. Like they weren't so deep in the sci-fi weeds of it all, but just enough for general audiences to get on board. And the two new um, other quote unquote Captain Marvel characters in Miss Marvel and the third one whose name is escaping me now. I'm not sure she had a superhero <laughs> name, but uh, they, they at Di- least Diane <laughs> Claire. <laughs> um, Cynthia, but super Cynthia, <laughs> even though I don't remember her name, I still thought the three of them had good chemistry to where it can win audiences over. So just a, a fun enough time in the movie theater, but not to where you, you, I, I guess like it's going to be the most memorable of outings, but enough to where it was worth your time and money. My big question for you on this were was, were you shocked when you sat down at the theater and it was only 105 minutes? Because um, you haven't seen anything that's been like reasonably short short in that long recently it was, it's been it a while it was very nice <laughs> it was very refreshing um which is funny because i also saw hunger games that's three hours long i still was entertained by that but it, it was kind of a nice breather to get into a story have it uh beginning middle and end mm-hmm. and then be like okay i'm ready for another cinematic adventure sometime in the in, in near that future same, in that same length yeah <laughs> No, I I did appreciate that. Like you could feel it really like rushing itself through and there wasn't really too many opportunities to where you're like, let's take a deep breath. Let's catch up. Let's see how everyone's doing. There's maybe like two instances where they really do that. But um, I don't know. That worked in this case for me. Um, Like I said, I wasn't expecting too much from this to begin with just for it to be enjoyable and that was what i got out of it so yeah well that's nice i mean i have this thought with the extended length of a lot of these big movies where the it feels like the filmmakers the film companies feel like you need to get a value for your ticket dollar where they're putting these extended length movies out but like the breakneck pace of like elvis had and Mm -hmm. i feel like napoleon's gonna have that too because he had a, a long military career and to put to get not everything in, but a lot of the important things in. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at the Wikipedia page, you're like, good God, like, <laughs> what did this guy do? He didn't even have electricity. <laughs> How is he doing all this? How is there this much going on? <laughs> yeah, and there's going to be battles, and there's going to be love scenes, and there's going to be, mm-hmm. he gets exiled two times, and they have to show both of those because that's part of the story. Right, right. So it's like, in two hours and 45 minutes, you've got to be like running through the history of this. Mm-hmm. So definitely, but it was nice to see something under two hours. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's achievable and this wouldn't really be like the best like example for it to be achievable again, but it's, there's, there's at least like enough to where you can look at that and see, okay, like if we have some scenes that are just a little bit more slowed down, but uh, and we just maneuver things around like this is the perfect example of like today's audiences being able to have shorter movies such as this and mm-hmm. not these two and a half, three hour long movies. Not that that's wrong to do, but I think for most general audience fair movies such as this, 
it's probably more necessary today. I mean, this year has been worse than any year in history for epics. Yeah. <laughs> what we consider movies mm-hmm. that are three hours plus, and we're getting away with it because it's because it's Ridley Scott, because it's Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. because it's Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're allowed to make these movies, but you know, even the Marvel stuff. And, I mean, Ant Man was two and a half hours long. And besides. Oppenheimer being the exception, the general audiences aren't going out to those three-hour-long epics. It's going to be like the more passionate, um, the, I don't know, the uh, cinephiles among the, us. Yes, the cinephiles <laughs> or even, I don't know, uh, more adult-oriented that's into like history-type things where it would be more standard reason to have those lengths. But um, Getting off but yeah. of the, the, the length topic, you know, this was the the lowest opening Marvel movie to this point, as far as the opening. But I think we need to have. I mean, we talked about this before. We need to have tempered expectations when it comes to these, this franchise. I mean, I don't even know where we're at if this is twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven titles. Yeah, I, th- I think you you don't know where you're at. It's the second or third or fourth outing for some of these characters. Mm-hmm. In context of other films, it's multiple times you've seen them. And it's just a $40 million box office opening is not terrible. I just, all of the, and I was waiting for this, all of the trades were just talking about how Marvel's bombed. And when you look at profitability from their production budgets versus what their opening weekend gross was, and then you multiply that out, they're not profitable. They're not mm-hmm. making huge money. I get, I get that. But they're also this is our new normal of opening weekends. Like yeah. 40 to 60 is on the higher end of average. This, and that, psh- and that's what we hope for, that every movie does this. And this movie will end up in the top 50 of films this year as far as grossing. Right. And it's going to beat films that got this ultra high praise that we remember from the beginning of the year of Jesus Revolution and Cocaine Bear that got this incredible praise for breakout box offices, but they didn't do 15 million their opening weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. I think... Cocaine Bear did 20. Okay, 20. They did 20. It did half. But it got 10 times the amount of praise that Marvel's oh. did. As yeah. far as theaters, I mean, if you're breaking this down by what the theaters made, you know, you work off of a 50% model that the theaters get to keep, generally speaking. Yeah. It's like, oh, so theaters got to keep $20 million from Captain Marvel, but only $10 million from Cocaine Bear. Right. Like, that's that's awesome. That's twice the amount of profitability for theaters. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think the conversation needs to change around it. And it's just because the for the you know, for the last ten years or more since two thousand seven. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. has dominated the box office outside of something like an avatar. You know? So mm-hmm. it so there's just a higher pedestal to get knocked off from, but I nowhere in those trades did it ever occur to anybody writing that a $40 million opening is probably the new average now that we've seen post pandemic. And it's yeah. just hard to, it's so, it's so odd being in this industry to have all of this history, like a hundred year of history pre pandemic and have that all wiped away and start completely new. It's just, it is so difficult, but that's really what post pandemic has done for us. It is, it is down from where it should be. Movie going is behavior has completely changed. It's not the ebbs and flows that we're seeing, and it's not as indicative from things like tracking or pre, uh, t- you know, ticket on sale dates, pre advance ticket sales. Those things. It's just not. 
you just never know. And then you'll get something like a Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> that blows the doors off, but then drops by like 76%. I mean, it's yeah. just that never, that rarely ever, if I can't even imagine happening pre-COVID that those kind of massive openings and drops. No, no, those were we could rare. open a one and then drop <laughs> like a rock. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just crazy. It's just a whole different world we live in now. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. it just writes, rewrites the script for all these film companies that PVOD is not something that works for a theatrical run. Right. They can't, they can't be exclusive. Uh, they, they have to be exclusive. If you want your streaming bumped up, promote the hell out of it. Get it on your streaming network. Make it a big yeah. deal. Or make sure it goes to theaters first. Yeah. Legitimizes it. Mm-hmm. And and we see that and, and they should know that. Um, and I think that's, that is helping. You know what's not helping us though? What? Wednesday openings. <laughs> on our side of the table where we help people schedule and book their movies it's like oh you're gonna open a movie on a wednesday and you're like you mean friday right yeah <laughs> a typo i book you know 50 weeks out of the year as a friday opening but there's a, oh, at least two weeks that we always have a midweek opening and that is for thanksgiving and usually for christmas depending upon where christmas follows one out of seven shot yeah <laughs> and and so for 50 weeks of the year, it's like, yeah, this opens on Friday and you can do an early show on Thursday. <laughs> and so people program their schedules that way. Mm-hmm. Box offices recorded for, for usually run Friday to Thursday. In fact, in some of the box office reporting software, it, it all starts on a Friday. Like the, the way the grid is placed, it starts on a Friday. Like it just, the, our world are Friday openings. Yeah. And when we have a Wednesday opening, I don't care how long you've been in this business, it still messes people up. <laughs> no, and it becomes like this issue where, you know, Hunger Games, number one at the box office, and it's going to be number one for this whole week. But then you roll around to Wish and Napoleon on a Wednesday, and it creates this weird, like, five-day box office. And I'm like, yeah. nobody cares about the five-day. No. Historically... It is what it is, but it's like, what was the Friday? It, like, no one can tell you what the Friday through Sunday number one is after this Thanksgiving weekend. Like, it, it's so muddied in the water. Yeah. Nobody reports it as the weekend winner. It's like, the five days were this, 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 right. and this. On the flip side, generally speaking, <laughs> nobody cares what what a film did Monday through Thursday. We all go off It's weekend. not as exciting. We all go off the three-day weekend box office. Like, mm-hmm. that picks out the winners and losers and monday through thursday is just gravy we gotta go to work <laughs> and we, set, we all gotta do we it. don't set our schedules based on what something does monday through thursday what does it do friday through sunday yep. then we set our schedules for the next friday based on that yeah we don't have like hopes like this really did great business during the week <laughs> like, my week numbers were really up with this yeah. no that is never a conversation we have we'll be like oh your week numbers were up awesome we should probably like what crazy event happened yeah, in what your did town you do? In, your, <laughs> in your cinema you know oh we had discount tuesdays and then the marching band came in and then yeah there's always an this. excuse for it's it. always something there was a giant car accident in front of the theater so everybody had to stop and come in yeah <laughs> while they waited for the tow trucks <laughs> there's never there's never like just people really love going to the movies on tuesday and wednesday they just yeah. spring for it mm-hmm. unless it's a discount day yeah, but even then, it you cut your ticket price in half, and right. then you get twice as many attendees, and it still looks like a small number. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 
but we do have some Wednesday openings because of Thanksgiving being on Thursday, which is always difficult. But this year we've got uh, Napoleon, which is probably the big one, and Wish, also very big, opening Wednesday. I was going to say, I think Wish is the big one. I know, I'm and, uh... more excited about Napoleon. Okay, Napoleon and Wish, and then we've got uh, Saltburn also opening mm-hmm. that's finally going wide that's finally going wide on that wednesday and then you if you didn't get into it they're platforming holdovers for the wednesday opening mm-hmm. yep holdovers is yeah. the expansion and that's kind of a a weird dark horse where it could do two million or 20 million this coming weekend on the 24th or two hundred thousand. yeah we have no, <laughs> we we honestly don't know on this one because right. it's such a strange movie it is i don't know why so many people holdovers? are very, yeah interesting it, i feel I think that's going to be audience friendly. What? I just think it looks so boring. I do not know <laughs> what is drawing people to this movie. Because it feels like old, like it feels like an old movie that you feels would. Feels like an old movie for old people. Yeah, because they saw those movies that we can all take a nap in. <laughs> I don't know. I I personally like think this one does look good, and especially mm-hmm. for it feeling like it's setting the Christmas season. Christmas is coming up. It has that. Mm-hmm old school movie to it but it's more of like a feel-good story at the same time i don't know i i just see it whole do you see this i i, I picture it as i'm seeing it as wes anderson does like animal house is what i'm seeing with like the that's kind of what i'm what? seeing yeah well it looks like a wes anderson movie it's got no. the similarly it has the same kind of humor without the laugh track it's got i don't know I'm not seeing Did this. Did we as... see? Are we talking about I, the same movie? This is the movie? problem I'm having with this movie is I talk to different people. They all have a different reaction. And it's surprising to me, the people that are like, no, I've, I really want to get this movie in. What are you talking about? We have. I'm going to see it this like, weekend and let you guys know Six major releases then. from major studios. And not that Focus isn't a major studio, but it's like, wh- why are we wasting our time? Cause, I just don't understand. Because it's that movie that looks like it's a cozy little date night can, movie. Can that movie look, work in January, though? Oh, probably. It could be like a man called auto situation. Yeah. But I could just see it like quietly or continue a, to make money. And then sooner or later, we're like, wait, people have been playing this for weeks. And, and, and it's done well for And them. that's what we would love for it to do. Yeah. We'd yeah. love for it to do that. But, with but I'm more optimistic. Of, but it's just with the policies laid out. Sure. Everything's clean. Everything has multiple weeks. You have to bring in these, and we'll, we'll get into the December movies where we're seeing tracking for Godzilla higher than Trolls. Godzilla minus one, the <laughs> Japanese, you know, that English subtitle. I think Godzilla. it looks great too, that but it shouldn't. Great. It shouldn't be anywhere in the realm of it. Movies from small companies like this don't even get tracking numbers most of the time. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't even register. They don't come up. I mean, we have an anime Boy and the Heron on on twelve eight, which is not going to register any tracking anywhere. Probably not. It's pretty limited too, right? It's, or am I, I think it's like that? 1,200, 1,500 prints. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it shouldn't It shouldn't have any tracking. And in our history of this, like Godzilla shouldn't have any either. <laughs> no. no. It shouldn't be registering no. anywhere. No, but it is. It's just an odd time. And it's just people know of Godzilla and the movie just looks good. It looks great. It's just yeah. hilarious that we have, we, we never have IP between... Um, a major studio in a small independent place. Yeah. That yeah. never yeah, happens. Yeah. But it's just weird that Godzilla lives in I this space. Mm-hmm. I think for tracking though, it, it is a big component of it is we is awareness and Godzilla is a, a name that resonates on awareness really high. Yeah. And it helps that it looks really well done. Totally. Cody's sure. like whatever. Sure. It has for big monsters believe, that fight each other. For Cody. an independent studio making a Godzilla movie. Yeah. 
it looks pretty impressive compared to most movies nowadays, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like special effects wise. Um, so yeah, uh, do we want this then to be pivoting over towards some release date changes for next now year? We've or... gotten into release dates for December. Might as well get into the stuff that we've got for twenty four. Yeah, some it's going to be changes. right around the corner, right? Big changes. Yeah. So I'll go. Bad news first. Bad news. Good news. Well, it's not really bad news it's actually. All... Yeah. It's. It's just news, it's, Kyle. It's all bad if you've scheduled it and are excited and have tickets sold. <laughs> but these two we don't, so let's call it good news and yeah. and be excited for two more like A titles with, with changes. Yeah, so first is Universal's The Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling. It got pushed back from March 1st, 2024 to May 3rd, 2024. So that's the Memorial Day weekend, correct? Or am I, uh, no, Memorial Day is at the end of May. It's yeah. at the end of May. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, I, I, I was looking May. He wrote May 3rd, 24, and I looked at and It said May 24th, and I... No, it's the beginning of May. That that weekend it. was when we did Guardians of the Galaxy this year. It's it's a solid weekend for, for openers. Whole, almost the whole month, and then it and you tapers get, off. You and get a lot of, like, the weather's nice everywhere yeah. in the U.S. And, and major cities in Canada. So you get the big bump from everybody being out a little bit of spring fever, and then you have a big title. And my take on this, Ryan Gosling is going to be the new, young, in quotes, action star. Right. We don't have any young action stars. Not really. Not that Not that can sell a movie on their own. Yeah. We have The, the Rock. We have Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. We have Sylvester Stallone, even though that didn't work. Ryan Reynolds. I mean, Tom Cruise is still around. Tom Cruise, Ryan Reynolds is a comedic actor. People but he go to him. Also they does don't, action. but they don't buy Ryan Reynolds tickets for the action. Whether he comedy, does it or not, com- comedy, comedy first. first. Comedy first. Deadpool then. is yeah. not an action movie; it's a comedy that has action. I would agree with that too. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, he chops guys up, but then he laughs about how he chopped them up with his swords. Yeah, the muscles are just a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also he's also not like. I'm trying sure. to think of my B level Ryan. Uh, no, it's Ryan Reynolds it, movies like R.I.P.D. That was very actiony. No, it was, it was a, comedy. a comedy. It was only a I comedy. Know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a movie that was actually we're, not. We're comedy, thinking like the the extraction with Chris Hemsworth that was on Netflix. That's like a full on like action movie. Cody, I'll yeah. give you Blade Three. <laughs> God. Okay. Yeah. No, he was the comic relief in that too. But it's an action movie first. Yeah, but that he one was, is an action movie. He was but kind he was of the in comedic it. relief in it. Anyway, but I mean, Ryan Gosling is going to enter that we need, level of yeah, his career. No, he's going to enter that level of his career where he's the young action hero, like Liam Neeson did when he did Taken at fifty-five. Yeah. Is it because Ryan Gosling can't do um, like reserve face, like stoic? Why would he need to do stoic? I don't think well, he's first capable off, of doing stoic. First off, he can. What? No, we just said he can't. All of his action movies where you need that stoic, like gritty face he, he doesn't do it because he always cracks a joke you never seen ryan gosling no ryan reynolds oh we're talking about different Ryan's. we're moving on <laughs> we're moving on ryan Goodness. reynolds is a comedic actor first done and done yes I we can agree on that we're triple stamped it and we're what moving is, on yep yeah. but okay. you we, must have said it correctly and i heard we it. can't no, probably said we it. can't <laughs> build um action stars like they did in the 70s and 80s and 90s that mm-hmm. are in their 20s and 30s like it just doesn't happen anymore what about henry cavill uh, he's Superman. Superman's a whole different thing. Batman's a whole different thing. I don't Witcher, think. I don't think he's. Geralt. I don't think he's selling it. He's not selling it anymore for a movie. No, but he's a whole so. different thing. Okay. That's like saying Christian Bale is an action star because we, we, he did we Batman. Should, we should get to Ken's point. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but we're we're getting into this thing where it, you have to be 
over 40 to Channing be an actor. Tatum. Not anymore. Okay. Moving he's on. Sorry, I'm going to keep. He's I'm also. I, I know. <laughs> is he funnier or better with a gun? Funnier, Cody. Channing Tatum? Yes. Yes. Okay. All it's right. A, I'm still working on it. I know. My, my <laughs> Try to find the one exception. But even if you action put. Action movies tend to have a comedic element in yeah, it. So I, I know. can access it. They yeah. all have a comedic element for the most part. There's always something kind of funny mm-hmm. outside of the rambos and diehards of the world even those have some humor in them uh, yeah okay yeah but it's it's a it's Robert nice to Pattinson. S- get out of town no. <laughs> come on <laughs> i'm a wet noodle with a gun <laughs> <laughs> now that's comedy batman batman doesn't count we just said this cody you're just failing what at about this tenant that's not funny well i, I mean it's I action it's not funny and it's action i mean there's like one or two funny moments but it's not a comedy Exactly, yeah. so but he's he but he's not selling it. the movie. One, he's oh. not the lead. Okay. Two, yeah. Christopher Nolan sold that movie. Like you're, you, okay, name gonna... name a director of a Sylvester Stallone movie that's not Sylvester Stallone. Done. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, got so nothing. it's, but it's it's nice to see that we're getting someone else in that could possibly sell this movie on his own. Like he could go on this run of being the mm. action guy moving forward. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be an entertaining one for the general public. It looks great. It's not for a niche group. There just needs to be more of these. I mean, you can point to, I mean, Vin Diesel was like 40 before he got famous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not a a lane that we have anymore. I would love to see somebody come out 25 that we can put 40 years of movies behind them. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, he just does big, goofy action movies where he carries a gun off of a tank and shoots people like Stallone and Schwarzenegger did in the eighties and Mm nineties. That's what I want. That's, that's my golden age of cinema. (laughs) I want more of that, but Hey, I'll take, I'll take Ryan Gosling before he's 50. Yeah. I think he can, (laughs) he can pull it off still. Why not? Oh, and we had another release change. Not related to to Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Uh, Dune two has moved up. Two weeks from March 15th to March 1st. Now, would Timothy Chalamet count as that? Or because he does... It's science he follows fiction. up his... I don't think... Yeah. ...with Wonka, then it kind of negates it. No, it's a science fiction movie. He just doesn't have that action-centric okay. movie yet. I didn't think he did so either. So is I was Mark just Hamill throwing... an action star? No. But he helmed the largest oh, science fiction mean. franchise in history. Yeah. Nobody thinks Mark Hamill, like... That guy is tough. No, Nobody thinks right. Timothy Chalamet is tough other than his hairdresser, maybe. <laughs> I think th- I think that's that might be a good point you made. <laughs> yeah, speaking of wet noodles, he looks like the, the inflatable tube man in front of a used car lot. <laughs> Not inflating all the way. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, every everyone loves him in today's movie going era and a He's going to help sell the movie, and it's moved up two weeks. So. We went through uh, Thursday I'm so night. glad it moved up because there was nothing. There's nothing in January. There's yeah. barely anything in February. Yeah. I'm really looking to March, like, yeah. uh, just to anchor the start of the summer. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting movies in those periods of time. Yeah. But nothing that's going to do no a breakout. $40 million opening, most likely. Yeah. I would say there, there's some potential ones in there's there. There's potential, but there's the, no slam dunks. There's, there's no nothing, slam dunks. Yeah. Nothing that's going to be this. <sighs> well, we're on the, the Warner Brothers train talking about Dune 2 and... Uh, well, not the fall guy, but... <laughs> yeah. Dune 2. Dune 2 and Chalamet. Oh, okay, okay. 
So we need to talk about this uh, new Warner Brothers news article that came up where they have put themselves in the crosshairs of a federal investigation. Yeah. Not tied to something horrifying in Hollywood like we've dealt with before. (laughs) No, this, I I think this one's kind of funny. There's no trafficking other than, you know, the fake train painted on the, on the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So a new article came out discussing how Warner Bros decided to shelve a Looney Tunes animated slash live action movie, kind of what they've done in the past where it wasn't that this movie was in, pre-production or didn't start anything at all this was fully funded fully finished movie had good trade it tra- it uh did screenings mm-hmm. um like and, focus group screenings and got yeah. really good results actually yeah seems like thumbs up like people are liking this yeah. movie we um, should move it, forward it was called coyote versus acme in case few wanted to know the name but i guess this is this is the best of warner brothers ip after Harry Potter after Lord of the Rings after um, the DC stuff like yeah having Looney Tunes in your back pocket is like oh yeah we got that thing over here too this. Kyle I think you described it the best when you said Looney Tunes is to Warner Brothers what Mickey Mouse is to Disney it's they're definitely the iconic characters that you associate with the brand it was at one point but it yeah. feels like I don't know since 2010 ish maybe that they have dropped the ball on that like I know they just had like space jam 2 but that doesn't feel like that was a looney tunes centric movie it just Mm -hmm. felt like that excuse to show what else warner bros has for like ip right it 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 wasn't the story wasn't about the looney tunes they tried to create avengers with lebron james where you're gonna show off everybody yeah with like warner bros ip yes it was a very odd movie um but warner bros had decided that rather than to release this movie, this new one that we're talking about, that they were instead going to hide it away, not even put it in theaters, not even put it on physical media, streaming, that they would just tuck it away in a corner somewhere and make the excuse of it being a tax write-off. Yeah. So they are shelving it as a cost for a tax write-off. Yeah. It's part of a permanently shelving process where they're yeah. not able to exhibit it in any form right. to get the benefit of the cost that they spent on the film. Yep. And it the actually off benefit. Yeah. It actually caused quite a bit of headlines to where it got a Texas representative, um, Joaquin Castro. It got him noticing all this stuff going on. And he pretty much pointed out in the latest article saying, Hey, this seems a little weird, a little sketchy. Like, <laughs> should we, should we have someone look this into is, this? This is, <laughs> this has happened like a rule of three. This has happened three times. Have- yeah. Batgirl and then the new Scoob yeah. movie. Yeah, there was another Scooby-Doo animated project like Scoob was, but that yeah. also got shelved. Again, similar situation to where fully funded, shooting was completed, mm-hmm. probably had test footage and the screenings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took fully formed, done films, shelved them, and mm-hmm. took a tax write-off because you know they are billions of dollars in debt from their merger so they're looking for tax write-offs wherever they can and so now this representative is calling for a federal investigation and then immediately after that i saw that warner bros is now taking a second chance into shopping it around like i don't even know if they did that in the first place no but now they say they're gonna try it again (laughs) i think they're just saying that i do think that they're 
because on a write down now I don't know the nuance or the nitty gritty of Hollywood accounting tax liability all of that who would but I'm sure <laughs> Warner that Brothers they does. are <laughs> that they are inflating the cost and or padding it for their write off and so that they're going to probably shop it around for that equal or greater value yeah and no and it, it, everybody knows what the value is of it so I, I don't think it's going to get shopped anywhere else interesting okay but it at least buys them time to be like no we're trying like no we're not monsters yeah. uh <laughs> not monsters that, but it was funny the arguments that this representative was making and that's what struck me most in the article like you know warner brothers has created and owns and controls their product they can do with their product whatever they want to do with it they can shelve it they can view it they can sell it to a competitor they can do whatever they want with it even if they hired someone to make it. It's right, still under them. They own the property, right? Very right. similar yeah. to uh, a car company, a manufacturing right. company that creates something, it tests poorly, they can't. They realize they can't sell it, so they write off the cost of the project. Yeah. And it's, it's the same in that regard, but his argument was, I really want to see it? Well, I don't think it was his <laughs> argument. He said consumers really want to see it, but... It just gets into this. I just was they struck have, by they this. They have a right to right, see it. That he, yeah, that's what he was arguing. That mm. consumers have a right to see this. And that by shelving it, you're censoring it. You're censoring it to the public who has a right and a desire to see it. Mm. But I don't think that people do have a right to see it. Just because you create something doesn't give the public a right to view it. Mm. Now, is, the cre- is it... Does he impose this right to view because the intention of the project from the beginning was that it would be public and viewable? Like if I take a video at home of my kid's birthday party, that there's not really the intention that I'm going to post that all over social media and make it public. So if I, but I can choose to do that. I can choose to delete it, Mm -hmm. whatever I want. It's just the same thing. I own that video of those events. So right. You and Google. Uh, and, and Facebook and whoever so, else has access law. to my phone. Yeah. So, Sorry, your kid's blowing the Google. Yeah, Let me see that now. bounce house. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so, if I, so if I don't put it up, does that mean that my friends and acquaintances that would have seen it on social media have a right to see it? I just, I don't see that his argument where the public has a right to view these things. I'm not saying what Warner Brothers did was right. I do think that shelving whole projects that people put work hard and fully expect to be put out there. Because that's why you're making it in the first right, place. To shelve it for ta- something like a tax write-off feels sleazy. It just feels and underhanded. Absolutely. And what are the repercussions of these projects like we dealt with, uh, you know, the actors, directors, producers, back-end deals that just right. go away? Yeah, who... I'm sure that at some point there was somebody that was banking on a financial compensation on based on the performance of this film. And if you don't allow it to perform, mm. you've undercut that person. Whether it was on streaming or theatrical, like right. there is. But that was no part of the argument. No, it was, that was just no like part we have a right to see it. It was like the from public the, has from, a right from the representative. Which probably would have. It would have made more that sense. That makes way more sense. It would have made me. more sense, but I think because he's speaking out to the public that it's their right to see this, I yeah. still think it will win them over in that aspect. But I agree with you. Like the 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 the, 
point he's trying to make is probably more towards, or it probably should have been more towards the creatives themselves. Right. Who um, are all the stakeholders that went into put their labor, their creativity into creating this and then expected or was contractual contracted to get a financial compensation from the performance. I feel like there is something there that you can't just shelve some, you know, it's almost like breaking a contract. I would mm. think in the, some of those regards. Now, maybe not, maybe on these films, they only they did it because and nobody got back in deals. There was nobody got back in deals and the, uh, the ability to do it was there. So maybe they're not actually hurting anybody financially, but it's just, Still feels so gross. But I'm sure even I'm sure even the people, the artists, the directors, actress, writers, I'm sure even still like they would want it to be released just to show the work and the effort that got put into it. This is all, you know, however, if you spent a minute on camera or an hour like this is dependent on you getting your next role. Mm, Like if they don't see you anywhere, how why would they hire you? Yeah, if they don't, even if it's an animator. Um, and an animator, a voice actor, a yeah. whatever it is. And it makes you always wonder, too, if there's not some stigma attached to it. Like the girl that w- played Batgirl in the fully done Batgirl movie, mm. she can never put, I was Batgirl, because you'll never know. And they'll be like, oh, you were that movie that got shelved. Like it, there's always It must that, have been pretty bad. Yeah, if, it, if mm-hmm. the studio didn't want to go out with it. Yeah. And it may be not. Like maybe there's none of that, but you would never know. No, yeah. that's true. I mean, it. It's just talking about the ethics of art and like humanity versus right. and ownership. business and product. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Like I, I myself, of course, am on the side of like, even if it's terrible, like it deserves to be given the option to be seen. So mm-hmm. that way people can just have that choice, even to, right. like to see it or not. And then if they see it, they can judge whether it's good or bad or whatever. But I do get where you're coming from of like... You don't have a right to see something that somebody else creates. It's odd to say. Yeah. Like, it sounds correct, but it also doesn't, like, make sense at the same time. But at the same time, the studio does not have the right to make you watch their films either. Just because I create something doesn't mean you have to watch it. Like, Mm. like that feels like very propaganda-ish. Oh, yeah. Like, manipulation. But at the same time, the thing I create, I also don't have to show you. It's mine. It's one of these things Such similar, a weird thing. similar to like an actual piece of art, like painted art. Mm-hmm. Someone yeah. buys it. You hear Picasso goes for $200 million at auction. That person doesn't put it on display at the Louvre. They hide it away. Yeah. yeah. And so this is very similar to that in regard. I think that's a really good example because there is a feeling of public ownership in that creative work. It's, but the prob- public has no ownership in it at all. Like, I guess that's just collective beca- ownership. Yeah, I guess that's just because, I mean, the company isn't like a public one necessarily, but it's just so. The company is a publicly traded company, but it's still a company. It's I, not. I, yeah. Just like Picasso is still a person, and if, the people and if the don't shareholders, own it, Picasso is the person. And if right. the shareholders forced Discovery, Time, Warner Brothers, AOL, conglomerate to put the movie out, if they voted, they right. would have to. Yeah. Because of a shareholder search. I guess for just how big that studio is, like the assumption is you are making this so that way I have the option to see it or not. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not even going to give us that, then why should we go see anything else that you do, right. I suppose? But yeah. I do feel like I never understood the, the reaction 
to people being like, oh, I wanted to see that. How dare you not show it to me? Mm. But I get it. When, but when Ken brings up the Picasso thing, I mm-hmm. kind of get that too. Like I would have liked to have seen the Picasso painting that sold for $200 million that just gets put back. Mm-hmm. I do have that, that sense of feeling of, of need of access and and in my mind, they're two different things, but maybe in a lot of people's mind, they're not like, but what makes it not that thing? I don't, I just don't know what makes it feel people feel so attached to it. It's because the characters are so old and of historical value. Oh, I mean, and, part of it is a legacy thing too. I mean, you can look at Batgirl, for example, and part of that has right. a legacy to it. I mean, adjacent from Batman being the I main bet component. That's a huge but... part of it is the legacy aspect, because if he would have said, um, like, I don't know, just some random character's name, like, um, Mary Lou, you know, yeah. and the, and the tickly bears mm-hmm. got shelved. Everybody'd be like, it's probably a good thing. Like it just doesn't have, <laughs> that doesn't that... sound like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like weird like that. That's new. That's like an, a, th- a thing that people can't associate with or doesn't have the legacy. I, I don't think you would be hearing the same upset, you know, feelings that people got but because it's a legacy mm. you know i like hope that girl i hope not i hope people are still as outraged like i want to see those tickly yeah bears. i would hope that people would at least be understanding that people worked hard at something even if it turns out to be crap and that they should at least get the chance see the part of to me show is that like, crap no, because you're not going to make me watch something <laughs> i don't want to watch I, but just but, but because that's, somebody worked hard but on that's it that's your choice and at least you had the option to that choice the yeah. the most hilarious part of this is that it's prime for conspiracy theories. It is oh because Big time. because it's the three three of probably the top five most hated or most conspiracy theory groups in in the world. Mm-hmm. The U.S. government, yes, yes, Hollywood, yes, Hollywood, the yes. IRS because of the tax yeah. purposes. <laughs> yep. So there's there's three yeah. three entities involved that no one trusts. Right. And let's not forget the fourth nerds, <laughs> nerds. <laughs> who really wanted to see Looney some, Tunes. Some guy named Castro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a big fan of Sylvester. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. This Sylvester prime. and Tweety. They're this my guys. Is so prime for conspiracy theory. Like it's also just all I- the players are there. It's also just ironic because this could be such a Looney Tunes bit. <laughs> like Bugs Bunny caused the IRS to like. Right. It feels like an Onion article, almost. That, too. It's such... The Onion's become more and more realistic every day. I know. (laughs) Where does the line blur? Hard to tell now. Yeah. That's for sure. It's it's been blurred for a couple of decades, but when it comes to these and it, it steps into our world and all of a sudden we're, like, commenting on tax laws that have been taken advantage of since the 70s by the studios. Like, and and Los Angeles specifically, California specifically, has so many things built in for these film companies to keep them there. Right. Because there's no reason in 2023 for film companies to exist in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. If you were a real film studio and you really, really wanted to make money, you'd move your film company production to Kentucky. And buy right. a whole county Where and, and terraform it <laughs> and do whatever you wanted to. Right. You've got you've got Western town and you've got a whole downtown of buildings and yeah. you know, you could you could do that for a tenth of the cost that it's gotta cost in LA, where they have things like um, required unions and things like that that you don't have protections of in other places. Right. But it's just it's such it's so rife with conspiracy theories. I'm just waiting to see like there's going to be like a, a bad one. And then there's going to be like a really good one that I get way into mm-hmm. that goes all the way back to like, 
you know, it's it's going to be like this is this is why they film the Godfather on three days in December. <laughs> right. Like it's going to be like I get it now. <laughs> so the smoking con- gun. It connects. I just <laughs> yeah. like that the Wiley Coyote was the line in the sand. Like whoa, whoa, what's up with your weird Hollywood accounting? Why can't we see these movies? Yeah, this is the one that got it me. It was Wiley guess- Coyote, and it was a Coyote and Roadrunner, and it was a representative from texas yeah. who stood up for the roadrunner and the coyote and the, the coyote hey he's our guy he was <laughs> gonna get him this one and you didn't let us see it it yeah. was going to happen how dare you it's also it well i never mind we already mentioned it i was just gonna say it's weird that warner bros is doing this for looney tunes but we've mentioned this already at the top that they seem to have forgotten about um looney tunes in general of the if it being like a staple of that company, but so they, but okay, they I just think just the Discovery odd. CEO guy would no. know that coming in. I think that's another problem too is that the when you're part of this industry and you have the richness and the history and you know that what pe- you've been entertaining people and you know what they like and you come in from say tech or from telecommunications or one of these other major industries and you mm-hmm. absorb one of these studios. You just do not have the bandwidth or the experience to know. And so decisions are made on a level. And I think it has such repercussions across like the culture of the nation mm. that they don't realize that they that yep. they have control over. Roadrunner, what's that? That's yeah. the other avenue I didn't think about. How many crappy reality shows has Discovery written off in I the know. last 20 years? <laughs> Swamp loggers 3.0. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or how like how many failed dating shows that it was like some random idea like, well, I don't know. They, I feel like they've all been done. But we'll blindfold disabled people and then make them try to fall in love or something like that. We're going to put and, a mountain man in Nebraska. <laughs> see how he survives next. Florida. Can he in find his flannel. love? Yeah. And then they're like, and then they get that they shoot it and then they're like, oh, this did not test well. We're just going to shelve this and then write off. There's yeah. a lot that already get green lit. I can't imagine all the others. They have just, they have the biggest yeah. loser and they're like, we're going to have a weight gaining competition right. on oh. this reality show. We're going to start off with six people that all weigh 96 pounds. First one to 300 wins. Eat, eat, eat. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. <laughs> don't stand up. That's a waste of energy. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Oh sit down, sit down. Maybe you don't see that because that's more in the realm of production companies. The production company right. brings it to the to the TV you know, distributor for distribution. Mm-hmm. But in these like studios, like with Warners, the production and distribution are all in-house. And that's why maybe why we're seeing it. Yeah. But these three titles... DC, Scooby-Doo, and Looney Tunes, or Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes are all, like, major pieces of their IP. I was, I will tell you, I could care less about the Coyote one or the Batgirl, but the Scooby-Doo one actually made me sad. I was like, why have you shelved that? Mm -hmm. That's the one that got me because Scoob was so cute, and and my boys have watched it, and I would have loved a holiday Scooby-Doo movie. I think that would have been excellent. Oh, okay. So that one is the one that got me. And we, and for Halloween, we desperately need more kids' films to bring back. Oh my gosh! For that season, because <laughs> yeah. there's like three, and two of them are made by Tim Burton. Like, <laughs> so there's two. The and there's five. Two it's of been them are made years, by Tim guys. Burton. The other ones are Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> we we kind of need a little bit more of these. We would like another option. Oh, we would there. love like there to be like like Christmas has yeah. where. There's like six titles that you play every year and everybody loves them. Halloween does not have that for family stuff. And there's not, 
You can't play. You could do. <laughs> you, you Casper could do. is too old. Casper's a little old. Monster but... House is too obscure. Yeah. Corpse Bride is too weird. Yep. Monster House is good. Yeah, but it's too obscure. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is more of a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and it's Disney. Yeah. A Hocus Pocus is Disney, so you don't get yep. to play After that. After this year with the re-release, we're going to yeah. have to wait another 10 years before they do anything before with it. Before they ever do that again. So you really just don't. You just have Hotel Transylvania, and only one through three. Remember, four went to streaming, so you don't get that That's one. That's right, yeah. And that was the bad one, too, by the way. Yes, that was the bad one. That but was hey, the bad one. you had the right to watch it. You, yeah, <laughs> and you that's did. what matters. The right to watch it. Where's my right to watch Scooby-Doo? Damn it. <laughs> See, now you're getting yeah, it. I get it now. All right. Uh, should we uh, have this be a wrap up then? Oh, Kyle, before we wrap up, you never told us what you thought of Hunger Games because you went and saw the early show. That's right. Um, and it comes a, out this week. Give us a hot Hunger Games And we Games think it's going to be the number one for the weekend. If it's not number one for the weekend, it will be a huge I'll be surprise. really surprised, yeah. So what I do would you be think? too. Um, speaking of surprise, I was really surprised by how much I liked this one. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Whoa, I, Kyle. Fire, fire, fire. Pew, pew. I, so good. I was impressed. It brought me back into like the world of Hunger Games. I mean, it's been... And not in a way to where it feels like it was a carbon copy or that it didn't feel quite the same. Like it, it felt like they nailed getting you sucked back into this world with like its tone, with like its backgrounds, costume design, production design all around was great. Um, and I think I was hesitant on this one because it just was years since we've had a Hunger Games movie. It's You're also older too. yeah, I'm also older. Um, on top of that, it's supposed to be a prequel about. Um, the evil guy in the Hunger Games movies. Yeah. Um, Cornelius Snow. Thank you. I forgot his first name. Um, but, and, and and I just wasn't sure what to make of that. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like, he was a nice guy, but then he became evil. bad right at the tail end or something right. like that. But the movie does do a good job. Was, at, he, was he nice or was he always a little bit dece- no, he was, deceptive? He, no, he was deceptive and slimy, but he still had like those moments and touches to where you could see like a little bit of humanity creeping into him and you were able to buy it so i really like that even though this is a ya genre movie that it's very mature in allowing the main character to be a bad guy still yeah and and to feel that confliction of like i know what's going to happen to you and i but i really hope that somehow i'm wrong at the end and that he does turn it around because i don't know what happens to the story does it leave it open for more of course prequels. it does I why would, would you even ask that does. question i i would say yes but surprisingly the weakness in this movie is that even though i was hooked throughout the whole time it is long and it is like sectioned oddly into three acts and i felt like almost the first two acts could be one movie and then the third act could be part of another i don't really like thinking of movies that way in terms of like how could we make more out of one movie exactly but i i could see that reality and the way they did end it you're like this is this is how he leads into becoming the guy we knew later on but you still could like fill in more blanks if you wanted to I'm sure the studio will want to try if this becomes successful, but I don't know. I, it wasn't crowded in my theater, but it was, I did feel like there was a little bit of passion, like, and a little bit of excitement. And even I saw online and been seeing some of my friends coming out who saw the movie and they were also felt like it was great to be back. I 
think that in general early shows are not are becoming less of a thing anymore early shows Mm -hmm. and early access screenings are just not as exciting as they used to be sure because we just have them less indicative of what a film's going to do yeah yeah it used to be like the rush of the first most passionate viewers went out at Mm -hmm. that time and now i just think people just wait yeah because it's thursday night normally yeah i even went at a like one of the earliest times on thursday and maybe it was different for like you know the six o'clock seven o'clocks but even at the time i was at there just wasn't many people there um but again i still felt people being excited to be coming back to this franchise did you feel the loss of not having um what's her name jennifer oh jennifer lawrence and that cast of course no not just jennifer lawrence i think the cast was they could be changed out. I don't think they were that dynamic. But just Jennifer Lawrence yeah. herself? No, I, I just think the movie did a really Whoa. great job at yeah. establish, es- establishing question. itself Whoa. as its own thing with its own characters. And I don't know, for me personally, I'm fine with just moving off of that era. Yeah. And at least seeing something. It's in the same franchise, but right. at least it's like different cast of characters. And I, and I think these actors, all these young actors, they were terrific like honestly rachel ziegler do well because she was really good going into this there was a little bit of like i heard some negative things like i don't really want to see this girl on this like i don't know if i like her because of her comments Uh, yeah i i'm sure i'm sure that there is that but i think she really like could shut up people about that she is a little bit of a dark cloud over it already yeah she might have ruined snow white (laughs) i don't know i i've Maybe there's just people that you can't change your mind about that in regards to the Snow White stuff, but her in this movie, she she nails it. Did she have good chemistry with the lead guy? The yeah, when it, when it, Snow? Yeah, when okay. it comes to like young up and coming actors like these two were, they had the most charisma and like um uh um, on screen chemistry chemistry on screen like radiance I, yeah. I i don't know why i'm not thinking of the right word for it but i don't know they just they just popped to me they just did such a great job so i don't know i really hope those two performances like hook people in because it right. certainly did for me it sounds like it has the elements to be good then and I'm, yeah i'm pumped absolutely. to see lionsgate get a little bit of their mojo back it's been a hard year outside oh. of john wick mm-hmm. yeah i mean I they mean, got a lot of acclaim for jesus revolution but it wasn't but a, expendables was so bad we saw was just okay yeah but none of them were huge openers nobody no. opened number one other than i think john wick was the only one this year john yeah wick was so Most i'd like to see them get their mojo back and i'd like to see this we're not expecting anything to do 100 million dollars over the next 10 days no like we're not gonna see that i would like this to open between 40 and 60 and closer to 60 yeah. i'd like this yeah. to be number one closer to 60 if I if I could, I'd like it to do more than Five Nights at Freddy's. That would be nice. It just be- oh, I know I. <laughs> but I, but, but I don't I'd think like it to will. see like combined grosses from these six movies like Ooh, be yeah. better than it has been last year and be better than it was the year before. And how awesome yeah. would it be if the combined gross like there's not one re- clear winner, but there's a little bit for everybody and every demographic mm-hmm. in this week. In That's this what it feels weekend. like. I'd, yeah, I'd rather if that could see... do better than 2019. I'd be like, okay, this is coming back now because the, it's there. Yeah, I'd totally. rather see you know six movies all do twenty million dollars yep. than see one movie do one hundred and twenty and everything else do two. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
I mean, because in reality, it six movies doing you know the the same as one gets more people in mm-hmm. for that. And you think, oh, it's probably about the same mm-hmm. price, but though, but given showtime differences and runtime length, you're probably consistently getting more people through and probably hitting your concession stand way better by having the six movies do better than the, just the one show at those certain show times and the crowds coming in trying to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So just for crowd control and ho- utilization of your concession stand, I'd rather have the multiple mm-hmm. films do like you know. mid range. And I know it's a, you know, a, a divisive word, a buzzword, but I'm excited for the real diversity for the rest of the year. We've yeah. got like a movie for every audience. If you're, if you are a, Red-blooded American who's going to go see a movie, there's a movie that you want to see coming out in the next six weeks. Yeah. Something that interests you enough to go buy a ticket and buy popcorn and I know. Everybody complained about it just being comic book movies, but we have no... I mean, we have only one more comic book movie coming up past Marvel's and Aquaman. Yeah. And that means the bulk of everything else is original content for other people, you know, for all audiences. Like, anything from a PG... Willy Wonka singing and dancing film to three animated kids movies. Yes. Uh, yeah. The most <laughs> animated kids movies ever. <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> yeah. It just, no, it's a great time. It is. This is what you hope for. This is what we've been asking for. Now I hope that audiences deliver and support this. Yeah, absolutely. And then we stop building these corridors and it becomes something that's a regular occurrence. Every oh. four weeks we get a PG animated film hint in film companies. But <laughs> we've been asking for that for years. That's never going to happen. <laughs> but, but maybe one day. Summer and holidays are the only time we get kids movies. No, we're going to end on a positive note. Hunger Games could be great. Everything's going to be yeah. great. All great movies. Um, I do think Hunger Games will be number one this week. Yeah. For yeah. the weekend, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that too. Um, so yeah, on that note, we think this is going to be a great weekend leading into a long Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So everyone do have a happy Thanksgiving, happy yep. holiday. We aren't going to have an episode that weekend, but right. we'll probably be back the following week. We'll be back the following week. We're going to be enjoying Thanksgiving with her family. To go over like this everybody else. pile of movies and maybe Kyle yeah. and I'll sneak out to see Godzilla. Please. Yes. <laughs> happy I, will, Thanksgiving. I will allow it. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.